0: Welcome to the by the hood podcast. Before we start this episode, could you do me a favor? Could you rate and subscribe to our podcast on Apple podcasts, Spotify podcasts, Google podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And also, could you subscribe to our YouTube channel? That's at youtube.com slash by the hood. What's up people? Welcome to this episode of the Buy The Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. Just want to say thank you to everyone who uh, shows our support by sharing our episodes, all of the students within Buy The Hood University. Um, and, you know, anyone that's, that's helped us along this journey, you know, sharing our content, buying our courses, uh, showing up at events. I mean, you know, we really haven't had anything live. Uh, recently, because of COVID or what have you, but we will be back out in the streets by the end of May. You know, so stay tuned for more information on that. But I'm joined by my partner, Crown Corey. Corey, what's up, good brother?
1: Man, it feels good to be back. I mean, I was traveling the last couple times. You know, we we, we filmed for this, so I'm glad to be back and and, and be sharing in this with the people. Absolutely, man. So
0: as you people know, um, our show is designed to highlight brothers and sisters who are doing amazing work. Building businesses, doing community work, um, and this brother that we have coming on now is is a very very successful real estate entrepreneur. Um, he's also an educator himself, and he's come on to share his story, and I, and I look forward to hearing about it, man. We have Dan Harvey, Dan in real estate man. Oh, Dan, how are you, good brother?
2: I'm doing good, bro. How things going, on, fellas?
0: Oh man, we can't complain, man. Ain't nobody listening, mm-hmm. man. But, um, you know, this, this is, this is about you, man. Like, you know, uh, following on social media, um, watch you, watching your journey, uh, and, and you know, you're a very successful real estate investor within our area, but tell the people about your background. Like, where are you from? Where'd you grow up at and you know, how, how was you coming up?
2: Sure. Yeah. So I'm a Philly guy. Uh, I was raised in Southwest Philly, uh, for anybody who knows Southwest Philly, uh, I was raised on uh, 59th in Windsor um just a little small block close to close to chester avenue and um i I, you know i'm i'm i am an accidental investor i i had no um i didn't have a dream of owning real estate um my my story was or is i i went to dobbins which is a trade school um and they had a program it's called a co-op program where you could work at a job using the trade that you were learning at at uh, at at Dobbins. And I was my trade was my trade was electronics. So um, I wound up getting a, a co-op job at Septim to my junior and senior year. Um, and after I graduated after I graduated um, Dobbins, I started working at SEPTA full time. So I, um, I got that good job, like right out of high school. So I Mm -hmm. I was a union electrician at 17. So, um, you know, I, I, I was, you know, I, I found that solid job early. And I, around 19, I, 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 I started a promotion business. It was me, my brother and my buddy. We started off doing um, uh, small parties, built that up. I don't know if you guys know, like, what what N One was doing with like the mixtapes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, but I but we were doing that pre N One, and I got a funny and One story. But I know I know we don't have a bunch of time. But
0: no, that's fine. Uh, Go right ahead, tell us the story.
2: So, so we were the first ones to bring in so. We were do basketball games where we had we bought street ballers inside, so we had the best players from Philly, the be- the best players from Rucker Park, um, play indoors. We uh we 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 bought in rappers to like rap during halftime, and we had a DJ playing, um, um, like during the game, hype it up and all that, right? So then now this was 1999. So you guys could check the records in in our first game. We did at St. Joe's Hawk house. Um, and it was interesting. So I was, I was like 1920. Right. Um, so super green was not a, you know, wasn't a seasoned business guy. And and our lawyer at the time was friends with the lawyers of the N one guys, you know, those guys were from like the main line. Um, yeah. At the time they were just starting out. They were just, if you guys remember, they were just doing the shirts at the time. They weren't, they, had, they weren't doing any other apparel, just doing shirts. But they were doing high school basketball games. You know, like, you know what, you should really meet these guys. are like, all right, we're well, cool. So um, we actually met at the old Zanzibar Blue, which is closed now. But um, we met there, told them what we were doing. they was like, well, we don't really have anything to, because we wanted to sponsor. It was like, we really can't sponsor it. We can give you some shirts. Um, but can we come out and can we record it? And I wasn't really found I'm like, oh, I don't care. You know, come on out. Um, and uh, you know, you guys kind of seen what happened, right? You yes know, sir.
0: I see where this is going.
2: Like. <laughs> school, like they only they were only doing high school basketball, I and mean, they weren't doing any street ball. We were literally the first guys to do um bring street ballers inside. And when we came up with the idea, everybody thought we were crazy. It was like, who's gonna play to see guys we can go up to North Philly and watch them play for free, why would we pay for that? But how we put it together, nobody had ever done that. And when I tell you, it was it was crazy, it was crazy. And this was pre-Facebook, um, not really pre-internet, but at the really early stages. And we had people from New York coming down crazy. Uh, and from there we had connected with Rucker Park. And then we started just doing games across the country. Um, okay. And so to bring it back to real estate, that's how I thought. That's how I was going to become wealthy, right? I thought I was going to become like the next Allen Hayman. Um, that didn't happen. But my my mom is a real estate agent. but She's my mom, and she saw like you know I had you know I had my good job at Septa because i was still you know I still had my job. Uh, I was doing these events, and so I was making money. And she she didn't want me to do it. You know, what most young guys do when they have money, right? Blow it on whatever, right? Jewelry, clothes, women, mm-hmm. whatever you blow your money on. And so she was like, well, why don't you buy real estate? And I was like, and I had, when I said I had, I had zero interest, but it's my mom. I said, all right, I'm going to make mom feel good. I'm going to go out, take a look at some things. And I'll I let her down later on. Right. <laughs> and, and the interesting thing was, as I was looking around uh, at these different properties, I said, you know what? I got to thinking, I said, well, this wouldn't be a bad third income stream. Right. You know, I got my, I, I have my job. Um, I'm doing these events and then now, you know, I would have this rental property. So, um, I actually wound up buying, um, my, my first investment property was a, um, bank owned duplex on 57th and and Hunter. If you guys know West Philly, which is like right off of um, Lansdowne. Um, and, and my strategy was super simple. Like I had about like 23 to 25 grand saved up. And this property costs 20 grand. I was like, well, that works. And <laughs> like, that was it. That was, I was, there was no, it was a complete rehab. I didn't know anything about rehabs. I didn't know anything. I, yeah. I literally, I just had the cash. And so um, I I went back to what I knew best at the time. Um, at, at SEPTA, I was the overtime king, right? If overtime got to me, it was not getting by me. So I just, I just, I I self financed the whole rehab, right? So I'd work some overtime, I'd do some shows, um, and I and and I'd work on a property, and I would do some of the work. I hired Jack Lay contractors because I didn't know any good contractors at the time. It took me it took me a, a good year and a half or so to get that um, first project done, right? It was well, a let crazy me let me ask part. you a question. Let me
0: ask you a mm-hmm. question. Going back to this because you your your story is unique in that you came right out of high school. With that you know quote-unquote good job that everybody's looking for right so mm-hmm. what was it that made you even pursue um you know the promotions company like because a lot of people would just sit there and say look I'm just gonna sit here you know get my check and and, and be done what was it that made you even look for outside you know income
2: yeah you know what i, I think ultimately um that i innately have uh i have an entrepreneurial spirit right i didn't realize that i, I probably wouldn't have been able to to, to really verbalize that back in the day, but that that was that was in me. I had a I had a creativity um, in me, and well, did and, that come from your upbringing?
0: Was it was it like your mother or, or or parent or like was it your upbringing that gave you that entrepreneurial spirit? Where'd that come from?
2: That's an interesting question. You know, my parents were really they were the get a good job crew, so okay. like they were super excited. I had that second gig. I right, man, I made it. <laughs> I, my head did nothing else. I was, you know, I was good. I yeah. will say this. It, it, so it's interesting because you know how you kind of you get, older, you, you kind of get to look back at your life, and because people ask me this question, I will say that there was a time I remember my mom, and I don't know what age that that she was. She had worked for a bank for a long time. Something happened, and I don't know, I don't know if she lost her job or whatever the case was. But I remember she came home. She says, "I'm never working for anybody else again." And she never did, never. And, and 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 so I don't know if maybe that played a part, um, you know, somehow in my subconscious that 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 stuck with me. But I do remember that clearly: her coming home and saying, "I'm never working for for anybody else again." And then she never did. Um, yeah. um, so you know, maybe you know, you know, maybe that definitely played a part. And it, and I, and I think, I think we all just have natural gifts, um, um, and a, and a, and a natural, and a natural sort of curiosity, um, and, you know, and just being young, I, I think, I think that part opened me up to it, you know, uh, as well too, just, you know, having that kind of young spirit of, of just trying some things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so now let's get back into your story. So now, um, you, you have this other property, it took me a year to get everything together. Um, mm-hmm. So h- how do you go from, you know, working at SEPTA and having real estate kind of as a side hustle to, to becoming what it is to you today?
2: Yeah. So so just to finish up that first story. So uh, I finished that property up, um, got some tenants in it. I hated it um, because I realized I didn't know how to be a landlord because um, being a landlord is the skill set. I tell people that all the time. It was a skill set that I didn't have. So I wind up putting out the pain in the butt tenant. Uh, I put the property on the market on on a Monday at two full price offers on a Friday. And I remember going to closing. Um, and because I had self-financed everything, I didn't, I didn't have any mortgage and I got, and I got my check at closing. I'm like, damn, right. I got this check. That was more than I than than I made working all year long, right? And I mean, obviously, there's the cost of the of of the property and, and cost of rehab. But to look at a check like that, I and I never in my life would have thought I would ever see a check like that. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Um, and so it 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 started to change my mind. It didn't change my mindset totally because. I, it was so engraved in me to work the 30, 40 years and then retire and, and get the pension. But it but it started to, started to change my mind. Um, what got me out of SEPTA was I had done a couple of deals. So after I finished that deal, I, I had what they call house hacking now. I had bought a triplex, I moved into it, bought it for like 76, five, bought it from this burnt out landlord. I moved into it, fixed up the other units, um, uh, I rented them out and I moved out after I met my wife. The next tenant bought it off me for $180,000, like three years later. Mm. And, and I'm like, damn, right? <laughs> I'm making money. I have no idea what I'm doing. I said, you know, if I read some books, I may be dangerous. So yeah. So that's when I really started to get into the whole self development part of my life. Right. And so when I started going into YouTube and reading books about money and reading books about, about uh, just self-improvement and all that sort of thing. And so when I turned 30, I made a decision. I said, by the time I'm 35, I'm quitting SEPTA. Right now, I only had one rental property, which is the house I grew up in in, 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 Southwest Philly at that time. Cause I'd sold yeah. it. Yeah. um, um, And I quit SEPTA three days before my 35th birthday. It was, nice. um, the Christmas of 2014. I wow. quit. Yeah. Um, and, um, and what I did was I just, everything I did from the, from the moment I decided I was going to quit septic every decision, major ones that I made was all predicated on that one, um, on that one objective. Right? Does this fit in line with me leaving sector? <laughs> you
1: know what I mean?
2: You, you, were
0: know? you were focused. I'm sorry. I said you were focused. You had your mission,
2: like absolutely focused. Like there was nothing was gonna stop me. And I mean, and that was how I, I, I worked. I mean, and people don't understand. Like this is part of the process. Like I, I, I went ham with overtime, but not to buy stuff. Like I was buying rentals, um, and I was doing the burb even before it was called a burr. I didn't even know there was no such thing as burr, right? Mm-hmm. I just realized I could buy properties cheap because when I started really buying real estate it was after the um, was after the collapse, yeah. right? Yeah. So properties were really cheap and I was able to buy them and just cosmetically at the time because there was so many good deals, fix them up um, um, and force the appreciation and then refinance out. So I was doing that that's how I bought so many properties. And and I never changed my lifestyle. Like I, I never like, oh, you know, I'm making all this money. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, you know, raise my lifestyle. up. Like I didn't, I just, I, I I kept working as if I only had to set the job. Cause about that time, the whole party thing had kind of died out. Um, So, so I was just buying real estate and like working my, like, I was working my butt off. There's a lot
0: of it's a lot of great advice in what you just said. First of all, um, you used your job as leverage to like build you build your dream, um, you know, after work, but you mm-hmm. still have that job as your base to help you build your dream. That's the first important thing I want to highlight. And the second thing is as you were doing this, you never increased your lifestyle. So as your income went up, you didn't change your lifestyle. So it allowed you to amass what you started to amass. And I think that's important because most people, the more money they make, the more they spend. You know, Absolutely, actually.
2: yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's the model that they've been taught. Right. Yeah. You know, every time you get a raise, you raise your lifestyle. And, and so you basically, you're basically staying right at the same level. Um, you know, and, and, and impressing people is more important than actually becoming financially free. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and once mm-hmm. you like what really did it for me was just kind of look around, just going back to my job at SEPTA, there was that culture. Of of the of showing off, which to me never made sense. I'm like, yo, this is a union job. We all make the same amount of money. I got to look on the board. I got to look at the contract. (laughs) Take how many years you have, and that's how much money. So you when when you go out and buy a more expensive car, what you're doing basically is just spending more of your of your of your time at work on on those things. Or when you have to work a bunch of overtime. So it, it it to me it wasn't that impressive. I'm like. All you're doing is, is forcing yourself now to have to work more <laughs> overtime. You know yeah. I mean? It, like, it doesn't make sense. Like, we yeah. all make a lot of money. So if I come in here with a Benz, I'm still only making what I'm making. It, it You know, it, it like, that impressive, like, like that impression, it didn't make sense to me. So yeah, I, you know,
0: I, I, had I, a guy had a to I had a guy tell me this week. He said, my neighbor went out and bought a, a, a brand new Range Rover. And he thinks that he's showing off. He said, but he also complains about driving to a job he hates every day. He said, how much you showing off if you're driving to a job you hate? <laughs> so, you know, I, I guess it's the same perspective. I, it's, it's all a matter of your perspective. Your perspective is, look, I, I got, you know, um, my mission that you you accomplished. And congratulations for that. Because a lot of people never can, you know, get to that point. Um, but I think that's an amazing story of leveraging, you know, that quote unquote good job to still follow your dreams. And you built that, you know, um, off work. But even grabbing overtime, like, I'm going to grab as much overtime as possible to get more income to further my dream. So I think that's, that's an amazing story. He so, said,
1: if I, everything that every decision I made, every major decision I made was predicated on that one decision. And that's something major right there. That's like I, that's, that's super major because most people don't have the, the wherewithal to make that one decision and then the follow through, to make sure that that decision gets made. You know what I mean? Like the decision you made actually happened. So that follow through is amazing.
0: It is. And you talked about um, picking up like self-help and and, and learning through reading books and things like that. How how did going into that space uh, change your life in terms of how you saw the world?
2: So this is major. So everybody wants to get to the bag and get to the money and blah, blah, blah. You got mindset is the biggest obstacle you're going to face, right? I'll, I can only speak for myself, but coming coming from the background I came from, I had to unlearn a lot of the information that I learned first. Right? Realize that a lot of the information that I was given was was taught for me to 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 survive and not thrive. And and I had to really, you know, think about that. Like, okay, this, you know, like this, like, this doesn't really make sense. This doesn't apply to me. Like maybe this applied to, to whomever taught me these ideals. And it may be your parents. It may be people you look up to and this is not, this is not a knock at them. I believe they taught you the information that they thought would be helpful, but it's not, it, it, when you're going into these different levels, you have to work. Mindset is first. If you're thinking about getting the money first and your mindset is, is, is still garbage. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to blow through that money. So mindset books help me out, um, greatly. Um, there are, there are mindset books that apply to money. There are the obvious good ones. There is rich dad, poor dad. Um, there's a, there's, um, think in grow rich, a making grow rich, a black choice, which, which is just a think in grow rich book, but it has, um, uh, additional information
0: yeah. by uh, Dennis, Kimbrough. Uh, Dennis Kimbrough. right yeah mm-hmm.
2: yeah yeah um there's 48 laws of power which to me was a book about how to think a lot of people really don't know how to think they just they just do they don't really concentrate on how to think and so and in in how to be a strategic thinker Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that taught me that because I was, you know, a lot of people are just not taught that. I mean, I, I I wouldn't say that I necessarily was. And so that 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 allowed me to to be more in control of my of my thoughts. And you know, there's been a ton of other books since then mm-hmm. that helped the process. Because the thing about reading those books is every book opens up more information that you don't know. Yeah. And you're like, oh shoot. I didn't even know that was a thing, and now it takes you down this road, and it's like, oh, you know, and it's just, oh, it starts to open up all these doors of information you didn't even know exist, and it's really kind of humbling because, uh, you know, you you realize how much you just don't know, uh, and, and and how much information it is out there that that can that can help you grow.
0: So if somebody came to you and they were looking to like, you know, change their mindset, what would be uh give me three books you would start them with? You name some of the classics. So give me, give me, give me three books you would start them with, and then give me maybe one that's not as popular that like you know made an impact on you.
2: Mm. Okay. So three books outside of the books that I just
0: no, you give me um, if, if those are the three, that's fine. Just like if somebody came yeah. to you, you had to give them like, you know, here's a package, you go take these and read yeah. these with your mind, right? What would those three books be? So
2: there's a um there was a book I just read um like late last year. It's um oh goodness gracious The Something to Not Give a F. What, what did you guys uh, Oh I
0: know you're listen, you know I'm I'm a heavy reader. Um the the, uh, subtle, the subtle art of not giving a F. F. That's what it is. Yeah, that's it.
2: That book was really good. I really enjoyed that book. There's a yeah, book that's by, I read
0: that's by Mark Manson, by the way. Yeah. So yeah, I listen, I'm right. I'm, a, I'm a heavy reader, so yeah, so yeah. Mark Manson, that's that one. What's another? Yeah, that's it. That's a go.
2: There's actually one, honestly, that I'm reading right now that is blowing my mind, and it's called Psycho-Cybernetics. Okay, and so
0: I, now you, that's one I haven't heard of.
2: It, yeah, oh, bro, it, read it when you get a chance. It's it, it, it's it. The book is about dealing with self and what that means and what that self is. We don't have that voice in our head and, uh, and, and these ideas, and how do you communicate with that? right? How do you, how do you get, you know, um, optimal self image? How do you deal with these things? How do you talk to yourself? I mean, it's, it is, it is an amazing book and that's sort of one of the things it's like, who, who is really taught that? I mean, where do you get that information from? You know, unless your parents is on that type time, you don't get that information. Mm -hmm. Um, so So
0: what's the third one?
2: one. Um, Hmm. Rich dad Poor dad, rich dad poor dad just really opened my eyes to the way that we are conditioned to think about money. Mm-hmm. So I mean I gotta give him his 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 due because that that started me questioning a lot of, you know a lot of what we're taught.
0: Yeah. You know the crazy part about that is so I say about 90% of the people that come on our podcast, that's always one of their books. Mm-hmm. Um, so it shows the kind of impact that book has had. But what I find interesting about that book is I uh, we've talked to people that like specialize in, you know, trading stock options, people that specialize in cryptocurrency. But that book is still what even made that even though they didn't get into real estate, like that book is still the, the book that shifted their mind and made them think about doing something else. So yeah. I really well, think the
2: interesting stuff. thing about the book is that it's actually not even a real estate strategy book.
0: It's an accounting book
2: yeah it's it's a it's a book about it's a book about um economic models right he's mm-hmm. it, not telling you any formulas about buying real estate really he's just you know showing you you know through a common sense way of which economic model is in your best interest and which one is not right mm-hmm. and what where, where do they normally shift you over to um and that conditioning is strong because people. You know, again, people that we know, generally our parents and stuff like that, will push us into that model because mostly because that's that's all they know, and 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 unless they've been exposed to something else, you know, that's what they're going to push you into. It's not a not out of any malice or anything like that. It's just it's what they know.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's funny because a lot of people name that book, My, the the Kiyosaki book, and me and Corey talk about this. The one that uh, impacted me the most was Cashflow Quadrant. I remember reading that. And then rereading it right away. Like, hold on. That's yeah. the one that kind of gave me that mindset shift. Yeah, that's me. the
1: one who set me, that's the one that sent me into in entrepreneurship. I was like, oh man, I'm tripping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So, um, listen, y- y- your story is amazing. And now you've built up a, a multi million dollar real estate empire. But mm-hmm. I heard you talking. And again, uh, for you guys that are watching this, I'll make sure to put this Instagram uh, within the. the uh, the comment section, as well as the show notes, you guys got to follow on Instagram. You give away a lot of game, a lot of information. But one of the things I heard you say on Instagram, which I found interesting was about like um, pivoting your business and how your original strategy of just buying and holding in the bird method, you you kind of like, you know, don't do that all the time anymore. Um, And how you're selling off a lot of, you know, properties and taking, I think that one of the things you said was instead of me getting 200, 100, 200, 300 every month, I'm going to sell and take this lump sum and put that to work. Can, can yeah. you speak to how your uh, business model has changed over the years?
2: Sure. Yeah. So I think I think the market dictates strategy, right? So when I first started, um, in like 2010 and in 2011, I most I mostly bought bank-owned properties that were listed on the MLS, and you could look through about. 20 properties, you could take your time and make a decision and then give a lowball offer and still get right. So that was perfect, right? It was easy. Um, and, and and then that was my model. Then when I started getting getting involved with multifamily properties, um you were when when we were still dealing with with the fallout from from the OA collapse, I was able to buy vacant uh multifamily properties, um, or even sometimes occupied for cheap, right? Bank owned. Uh, again, you can, you can look through them and you could uh, you could give a low ball offer. And like that was, and then that was, that, that was working out good. And then around 2017, 18, the market really changed. And you know, it, it, it was, a, it, it was harder to find deals on the, on the MLS. So I started moving to, you know, wholesalers and that sort of um, thing, and I started doing heavier, heavier rehabs on multifamily, and then just buying existing multifamily deals became hard because people realized the value and the multifamily space, and they started selling even vacant multifamilies at a at a premium. So I said, "Wow, I need to figure out a way that I can beat." investors to the punch, but still deal in a multifamily space. So that's where I, I, I kind of sell on the niche I'm in now, which is the, um, multifamily conversion space, which is where I take properties that are not existing multifamily and I turn them into multifamily properties. So, and, and that's just by, um, taking advantage of, of, of the Philadelphia zoning code in building by right, which means I don't have to take properties to the variance process. I don't have to talk to the neighbors. This is just what I can do by right. I understand the process. I understand the rehab process and I understand how to analyze their numbers. And so that's a niche. That's a a niche market. Yeah, Uh that's
0: amazing. The riches are always in the niches. And that's a piece of information because I've had to go before the zoning board and I hate that process. I hated having to get signatures and knock on doors and explain my project. That is the, oh my God, I hate it. So yeah. hearing that is uh interesting how you f- you figured out that niche.
2: And and the interesting thing is as far as I know Philadelphia is the only city which sometimes I hate to even mention it cuz I'm like man they're gonna change this any moment. <laughs> Philadelphia is the only city that I know of that where you can build a multi-family property by right. Right? It has to be I mean it has to, you know, be a legal structure but you, you don't have to go through the zoning process. Now, is it, based far- on,
0: is it based on the code? Like, is it because it's RM this or is it based on the code? Mm-hmm.
2: Or- it, okay. It's, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's based on, um, on, on certain codes and then understanding how, what you can do with those codes. Right. Yeah. And then understanding, um, how to, so a piece of it is understanding the zoning. Part of it, right, and then and mm-hmm. then the other piece of it is understanding how to underwrite uh, a multifamily property, right? So it's sort of two different pieces, and then the, and sure. then the and then the third piece is understanding the 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 rehab portion of it, and then the last piece is understanding the financing for the back end, right? So when I'm looking at this, I'm looking at about four different sets of like information. And and if it if it if it hits on all on on all four of those, all right, boom. Um, and then what I do personally is I only in right now anyway. I only invest in West Philadelphia. So You just gave away a lot of game right
0: there. If people are paying attention, because you're creating value, right? Mm-hmm. You're you're taking something as it stands and based upon it, fitting those criteria. You're you're you know changing the use of that property, but by doing that. You're adding value in the marketplace because once you get to a multi family, you can start to value by cash flow. And that, yeah, you that, go, yeah, it's yeah, making sense. You're saying it's so much through my head. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I, I do a lot of real estate analytical work, and what you just said is like mind blowing. It's you're
2: about and to then, change my whole business model. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. And, and then you can go into neighborhoods where the cops. Are not that strong, but if you turn it into a true commercial property and and it's valued on cash flow, now you can get the value. Mm. Now you can create the value. And so now I can see deals where somebody else, well, I don't really see a deal there. Well, you're creating to, but if you but if you, if you understand how to underwrite it, you're like, oh no, I can turn this into a five-unit building. I mean, I can and I'm doing it right now. I mean, in West Philly alone, I have 78 units in the pipeline, right? And that's all by right. It's no variances on any of these projects. That's um, and, and, and so that's and so that's you know this it, it is I, I always look at I look at Philadelphia now, and even though I don't agree with some of the some some of the political spaces that that they're going into as far as it goes with 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 investors. But the opportunity here, I, I liken it to the gold rush back, uh the gold rush back. In California, right mm-hmm. during the gold rush, everybody who took advantage of the gold rush, like it, like during the gold rush, it probably wasn't even known as the gold rush. It was just like some something that was going on.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: And it was the one dude who didn't know what was going on. Money being made all around him, right? And then, and then, ten years later, he realized he lived through the gold rush. Like, oh, I was there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, right now, we're living. If you live in Philadelphia, you're living in a gold rush. Yes, there's true. opportunities available in this city that's not available in other major cities. There's opportunities here now. If you're not taking the time to learn from guys like you, to learn from guys like me, to learn from any other, you know, learn from people out in the market space. If you're not being serious about that, you're going to look up 10 years, 20 years and like, man, I was yeah. in a gold rush. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I don't even, you know, I don't even doing this Hardcore for ten years, man. I've seen values go. I mean, literally double, triple, and that's yeah. not exaggeration. And yeah, that's, just, that's just in this short span that i that I've and been so doing.
0: Because when you think about it, if you look at it like geographically speaking, like if you if you look at where we sit in terms of the country in the Northeast, and you look at the surrounding big cities. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of value to be made here, right? If you look at Mm -hmm. Boston and you look at New York and you look at DC, you know, the bigger cities that surround us, Mm -hmm. and then you see in between there, you see like Philadelphia and Baltimore. We -hmm. still got a lot of room to go in terms of getting up, in terms of value. So there's a lot of money. There's a lot of millionaires that'll be minted from like getting in the game at the right time. Timing is everything.
2: Absolutely. And, And the other thing is that works is we have a lot of old housing stock. Yep. So there's a lot of opportunity to turn this housing stock over, a lot of old warehouses, a lot, you know, so there's, a, there, there is, there is all of that opportunity there. And if, if you're not being serious about, um, learning how this works, like I, I, you know, I think, I think you're going to miss a great opportunity. Um, <laughs> you know, and, 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 you're going to be that person that was like during the gold rush that just that I don't know, somehow I just
1: missed it. <laughs> I was getting lit every weekend. Oh, I, was getting, yeah. I was getting I was getting 1860 to 1870. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize everybody did rich
0: around me. So listen though, I, I know that um, you know, one of the things that you're big on now is like educating. So uh, educating people. Like, um, so can you talk to us about that side? Like, do you take one-on-one clients? or how do you go about your education?
2: Yeah, so um right now I am doing a, a boot camps. I'm actually teaching the very niche that we just spoke about, right? So I'm teaching how to do multi-family conversions because right now I think in Philadelphia it's one of the best opportunities to create value, create great cash flow, and what I call I call the bird system on steroids because you create such big equity uh, spreads. So that's what I'm doing. Uh, I occasionally take one-on-one um uh clients. I I try not to do it often just because I'm really busy um um you know buying projects and 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 rehabbing and and building. Um but the uh right now the, the the bulk of my education is in boot camp form. I am going to be doing some online um training and um we didn't talk about this, but I had bought a block of multifamily properties on 52nd Street, and so one of the spaces I'm, I'm going to be turning into a uh, like a real estate hub. It's going to be a work share space, but it's going to have a real estate uh, influence theme. So, you know, um, there will be some educational parts to it uh, as well that come with the membership for people who, um, you know may need a, may need an office space um, but they don't mind you know a shared work uh experience
0: that's 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 awesome so so man you, you've given us a lot let me ask you this question along this journey to get to where you are today what has been the biggest hurdle that you've had to overcome
2: Oof, that was easy painful <laughs> um so scaling up is hard right i think every you know People talk about this often. Probably the 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 most difficult hurdle was a project I did. I lost I lost about one hundred and five thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, that noise is there. Um, but it's one of the best things that ever happened to me. Excuse me, because it forced me to step my game up. Um, it was after I had left SEPTA... Um, things were really starting to pick up for me. Uh, I was getting a lot of deals. I was finally picking up um, a good amount of private investors. And so I started to scale the business. Up. I was buying properties all over the place, but I didn't have the structure, didn't have the infrastructure to handle what I was doing. And because I didn't, a lot of things fell, fell through the cracks. Um, and what that taught me is what got me to that level, what got me to the financial independence that I could leave set that was not going to get me to the next level of real estate development, right? I couldn't be a one man band, which I was trying to do. And so uh, after I took that big hit, I shut down everything. I don't know, four or five months. And I just worked on process, worked on structure, um, hired an assistant. And then I came back harder. Um, okay. So, so that was uh, my biggest obstacle, but also probably one of the biggest influences for me to step my game up.
0: Okay, you pay for that education. That's that, that's 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 the way you gotta look at that. That's a hundred thousand dollar education.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> that was expensive as hell. But you got it. <laughs> that was a hell of a. That's a hell
2: of an education. That is an health education, but you know what? It, it truly was. It truly was a health and education. Now, you know the interesting thing about it is, I learned some things other than the scaling up. The other thing I learned is that losing money, even big money, is not the end of the world. It didn't kill me. Yeah, like, absolutely. I quit. You yeah. know, it didn't kill me, and so a lot of times that's our worst fear. Like, oh my god, you know? Yeah, did it? Did, did it hurt? Yeah, did it? Did it set me back? Yeah, but you know, I I grew from it. And what happens is it makes you realize that it's not the end of the world. You take an L, it's not the end of the world. You just got to keep, you, just, you know, you just don't, you don't live there. The problem is people start to live in that mistake. Like, oh, man, I lost 100 grand, you know, and, and you know, now they're gunshot. Now they don't want to do anything. Now You know, people sometimes wear their mistakes or failures as like a, I call it like a blanket. It becomes comfortable to them. And it's like that's the oh. last thing that you should do. Like you know, you feel it, you deal with it, and you keep it moving. You know, you don't wear it around you and bring. Oh, I'm a feel. No, man. You know, whatever. Like it happens. And almost everybody I know that that has done really well has taken some big L's. Right. It's just it's a part of the game. And anybody who's not being honest about that, I think I think you need I think you need to look at them a little suspect like. Really, you've been in the game this long, you've been doing this many deals, you never took an L? I how is it.
0: it even possible? It's not it is, possible. It's just and I mean, not it's, possible. Again, it doesn't matter what business you're in. I don't care if you're in real estate, if you're selling shoes, if you're in a stock market, <laughs> you're going to have to take L's. That's part of it. That, because that's the only way to learn. That's that's when you actually learn.
2: It is. And it's just, it's it's life happens. Like you can have the best plans and like something out of the, like COVID hits, like how yeah. do you plan for that? Come on. Like yeah. nobody could plan for that. You know, so, so it's just reality. And I, and, and it doesn't speak to who you are as a, as a person. It's just something that happened. And so, you, you know, you don't allow that to become your story and, 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 you know, and you feed into it, Um, you know, and, and I often, like, I got a, I got a buddy of mine who, you know, we started around the same time I bought a, I bought a property. He bought a property. He had an issue with a contractor but it's like, it devastated them. And it's just like, anytime it's all about real estate, it was like, well, I don't want to you know, deal with that. And it's like, I mean, you you can't keep holding on to that, right? It, yeah. I mean, it happened, like, let it go. I mean, I'm, you know, just imagine, I mean, for myself, if I let a bad experience with one contractor stop me, that would be crazy. So, you know, that's, man. that's basically- thing. That, that's man. About that.
0: Yeah, you you, you inspiring me man
2: like i i
0: love this talk but you're giving us a lot of information and I, I i'm feeling inspired Corey, you got any questions for the brother man
1: i do i do so when you were transitioning from working at septa into into your own business what was the the um the the, the thing that said all right i'm actually done with septa like you said you did it in, in the time frame you wanted to do it, but what was the like, all right, just the final straw, I'm actually done. What was mm-hmm. the thing that made you walk away?
2: It, it was it was that commitment that I made. So when I said five years, I meant five years. Like, that was it. it wasn't, so there
1: wasn't it wasn't anything at the job. It was just like all right, I'm done.
2: There was no subsequent thing. No, I decided five years was the was the time frame and five years was it. Um and what happened was honestly and this is the part i love it was sort of different opposite of that almost so i had decided i'm leaving in five years so i i had you know during that time I, I, you know, obviously you know things happen and i and we had this one boss who was a try to be nice he was a jerk super jerk and and um <laughs> and um he would uh and him and i and I, I so we he he i used to work with the guy and then he kind of moved up um, and, um, so I remember he bought me into his office and I have, you know, the uni jobs, I mean, uni sewer there and he's, he's like going through his paces of trying to halfway scare me. And in my mind now here, this is year four, like year four is a month. I'm like, I'm out of here soon, my man, like in my mind. So in that meeting, I'm like, I'm not even listening to this dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I was feeling so good about that. Like I, I felt like I was in charge of what was going to happen next. Now what I will say one thing that just to be honest one thing that almost stopped me had nothing to do with work was that in in between that time frame I had my daughter so I got married I had my daughter and my daughter was born in the fourth year like seventh month <laughs> of my five year plan yeah and I'm you know I'm like an old school guy like I, I gotta provide for my family, and so I started like doubting if I should do it. You know, I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. I got a job, and I remember talking to my wife, and I said, I don't know, I think should wait. She said, if you don't do it now, you'll never do it. Mm. And I remember, I said, damn, I said, well, she got this much, this much confidence in me. It's not like I, ain't, I ain't leaving a Taco Bell, Burger King gig. I ain't knocking nobody, but you know. This is you, yeah. you know, I'm making, making real money. I got full benefits, you know. If she got that much faith in me, I gotta, like, I gotta believe she see it. You know what I mean? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and push through. So, I you know, you know, shout out to my wife, man. If, I, I I think if it wasn't, if she gave me the, if she had gave me a different, a different look or a different tone, I I might have, I might have, I might have moved differently.
0: Yeah, I I a, I on
2: the fence.
0: yeah. I got a couple questions, questions based on that. First question is. Throughout this whole process, like, how were your coworkers looking at you as you're building this empire? Like, did they did they believe you or did they say, oh, whatever? Like, how was that, you know, how was that treatment?
2: So that's interesting. I'll be honest with you. I almost think they were too close to it. I, I, yeah. I, I used to run around telling them, yo, y'all need to get into this real estate thing. I was literally, I told you guys, like, I was making hits, 100 grand here, 70 mm-hmm. grand here. I'm like, yo, y'all need to be buying real estate, you know? And um young guys on the on the job, young girls, I tell them, why buy a house? Why buy this big expensive house? you live living in an apartment now, you live at your parents' house. Go buy a duplex, triplex, four unit. You know, use that MHA money, you put almost nothing down. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't want to hear it. Gotcha. Now, what I did was I never told anybody I was even septic. And I definitely. Okay. Not even on, not even on some secret scroll stuff. I didn't want anybody to talk me out of it. Ah,
1: okay, I didn't want anybody either.
2: to put their fears on me, so I didn't tell anybody until about two, three months out. And like my, like the guy who was the best man at my wedding, I didn't tell him about three, four months out. He wasn't happy about it, but I was like, I didn't want people are they
1: they mean well or these, you know, but yeah, but if, if they They yeah, They will assign their fears to you. Yeah. Or oh, they will inject
2: that right into you. They will do, are you sure you and honestly like the like you know people smile and whatever, but the what you know the word was oh dad crazy playing himself um, honor <laughs> Yeah also <yeah. yeah. laughs> <laughs> you know, no protection though
0: huh that's also projection. That's really them talking to themselves for real for real. Like, you know.
1: It's you know, now like, oh
2: now I knew you was going. So, oh, I always knew. Yeah, now you know. <laughs>
1: yeah, now, now you know, because I did it already. Yeah, they got the vapors. <laughs> yeah, they got the
0: vapors. Listen, um, the last thing I wanted to ask is um based upon what you said, is you talked about your wife and her support. How important is it to have a partner that um, you know, believes in the mission and supports what you got going on?
2: It's, I mean, I don't know any other, any other way. I mean, it's everything. If, if you gotta, if you gotta fight the, is, is, this is not an easy process. I want to think, I want to make this very clear because I think sometimes as this gets pushed, this is an easy thing. Becoming financially independent is something very few people ever do, right? So this is not an easy process by any measure. So if you gotta try to do that and then fight with people at your at fight with the person that you live with, that's gonna make it very difficult. I'm sh- I'm sure it's not impossible, but very difficult. So it needs to it, it it's it it's extremely helpful if they have your back, right? But it's also extremely helpful if you're giving them a reason to a reason to believe in you, right? Like you're not a flake. You're not, you know, you're not somebody. you like you're somebody who, when you do something, you do it seriously, you know. Um, I, I, you know, that's gonna, you know, that's that's going to definitely help you out. But yeah, I mean, I mean, my wife has always had my back. So, um, yeah, I, I would hate to see what that feels like for her not to. I
1: don't know <laughs> 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 but Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's but, amazing. So, listen, I, first of all, like, core, you got anything you want to say? Uh. Uh, right. no
1: he, that was that was you know that's the, the the common thread through a lot of these uh yeah. that we have done that um you know spousal support is super important to wherever that person is going whether that person is male or female and you know whatever they're doing their their spousal support was the impetus to either, grow bigger or to go to the next you know to the next level that they weren't currently on um and so that's that's an amazing thing that you know and 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 again a common thread through a lot of these guests
0: yeah that we've had i had a mentor tell me like your most important business decision is who you choose to spend your life with has nothing to do with any property i said okay (laughs) so yeah, man. So listen, I just want to say thank you, first of all, for your time. I know your time is valuable. I want to say thank you. Thank you for sharing the information you did, for telling your story. Um, I think a lot of people will learn from this. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll basically motivate them to get started because I'm motivated. You know, I'm, I, now I'm, I'm about to go look for some deals now because I'm like, <laughs> Dan, Dan got me motivated, man. You know, uh, don't live in your mistakes. So this, this is very powerful, man. So I just want to say thank you. Um, wish you, you much. All. Yeah, wish you much continued success. And we'll share your information with all of our followers. Please make sure you go check out what Dan's got going on, because um, he gives a lot of information away on his Instagram page. He's An amazing follow, so make sure you guys go follow him there. Um, and as he continues to build, uh, you know, his empire, man. So you've went from working at SEPTA to building the multi-million dollar real estate empire, and, and I think that's amazing to 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 show people that people that look like us are out here doing these kind of powerful things, man. So and
1: and, and for people that's not from Philadelphia, SEPTA is the transit authority. Yeah. Yes, yeah. This is and, and, it's, and,
2: it's, and it's also, like, 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 the job that, you know, if you didn't go to college, basically everybody's trying to get, like, like Shepton oh, yeah. and then maybe, like, PGW, you know what I'm Yeah, yeah <laughs> listen,
0: like that, that a lot of people that go to Shepton is like, I made it, I'm done. they get accepted awesome. in 17, 18, they about to do a 40, 50 year career, like, they ain't even looking to go nowhere else. So no. that's why it's interesting to see you transition from there to, like, you know, running your own empire. So I think I that's honestly, pretty powerful.
2: It's certainly it's one of the best decisions I've ever made. And the money part of it is not the biggest reason why. It's the growth as a person, um, as a business person. I've met some amazing people. I get to talk to people like you guys. I would I would have never had this experience of of personal growth had I had I stayed there. even if I was making the same money, wouldn't have the same impact. Um, so that part of it, um, is, it's, it's, it's that intangible. A lot of times you go out looking for the money, um, which is cool. Nothing wrong with money. I got nothing wrong with There's nothing wrong with that, but it's all these other ancillary things that happen to you, man. That's just like awesome that people have to live for themselves. I mean, you know, you can get get motivated, man, but, but you know, to, to actually experience it is,
0: is, is, is just a thing of wonder. And you said that key word, the impact, because, you know, you're having an impact not only on the communities where you're building, um, you know, a better housing stock, uh, but also teaching others how to do the same. So, you know, continue success, good brother. I definitely want to say I appreciate you. Um, And to our audience, like I said, make sure you follow everything he's got going on. Um, You know, this has been episode 101. So we'll see you next week, for episode 102. But as we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates. And we shall see you guys on the next episode. Peace.